You're nobody. Okay, hey guys, welcome back to the Willetta Effect. My name is Crystal Kalina. I am your host. However, today we're switching it up a bit. We'll be talking about football. I don't know what the fuck that is. So today we have as your host, Christopher Martinez, co-host Luis Martinez, and your special guest, Christopher Baker. And from here on out, I'll let Chris take it away. Hey, everybody. I never heard, hear, I've never heard anyone call you Christopher Baker. Yeah, that's that weird. weird. Oh my God, that's weird. <laughs> Christopher Baker. Um, I didn't know your name was Christopher, to be honest. It's all good. I was all wondering. That's it. It's got to be. All right. Anyway. Hey, everybody. Got a few nobodies here for us to help me here. And, yeah, it's fantasy football season. So let's get excited and let's, you know, let's talk about it. And you guys can take all our secrets or you can just know that we're nobody and just not even pay attention to them. But all right. <laughs> So the first thing, I guess, Lewis, the first thing, I guess, just to get us started, get our feet wet, get it going, do you guys have any, like, draft strategies? Or do you follow any draft strategies when you go into, you know, fantasy football? No. No? <laughs> Easy? <laughs> um, yes and no. So I, the only draft strategy I would say that I've, implemented by draft strategy i mean like the ones where i plan on drafting so and so in so and so round um is the zero running back strategy and that's that's worked uh the two times that i've employed it once was actually with uh christopher here christopher baker um when we had to co-own a team and uh yeah that worked out really well for us we won the league that year and you go zero running back too baker? no that depends know your league it's PPR league. Obviously, receivers are key. If it's standard, running backs is where you want to go. But we usually play in a PPR league, so yeah, the no running back strategy does work. Unless you find a hidden gem like Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey early, he will definitely help you out throughout the whole season because ca- they both catch 90 to 100 balls. Yeah. The reason I say no to draft strategy personally is because if I'm going into it saying, oh, I need a running back in the first round, I absolutely want a running back in the first round. I think it's important. I think it's vital. And then the following two rounds, I'll go wide receiver because, you know, I want to have a strong one-two punch and I'm going to need to get some point production out of that position because I've already missed out on a top-tier guy like Julio Jones in the first round. If you look at it that way and you draft uh, Melvin Gordon, at that five or six box. You're like, well, I need a running back. He's the best running back. Now you're taking a risk there as opposed to drafting a guy like Julio Jones, especially in PPR, who's going to finish hands down as a top 10 scorer aside from quarterbacks. And you're, you're implementing risk when you don't necessarily need to because you've set in your mind that you want to go with a running back. And then vice versa, you come into the second round and uh, you're staring at Joe Mixon, James Conner, or a guy like keenan allen like well you know i need a wide receiver here i'm gonna pass up on these good running backs because i wanted a wide receiver in the second you're not drafting best available you're drafting rigidly to your strategy and that that i don't think bodes well we yeah we were talking about that i think last weekend you were pretty drunk but you you did say something to (laughs) me what am i not where you were like (laughs) along the lines of the first five rounds best available to me is that something you do, or are you just drunk? <laughs> no, no, I, I would say I definitely try to stick to that. Um, your first five rounds are guys you want to be starting every week. 
if they're not, then why are you spending that much draft capital on them? Um, I, a good example I use is a guy like T.Y. Hilton can be traded for multiple assets later in the league easily, but it's not going to be easy for you to trade multiple assets for a guy like T.Y. Hilton. He's a starter. He's a starter. He's a starter. So why get cute with it and draft a guy like, say, um, not exactly the same ADP, but Damian Williams. Damian Williams, you're drafting his opportunity, or Marlon Mack. You're drafting the opportunity, not the player. And uh, oftentimes you see what happens with something like that is the Peyton Hillis effect, where you drafted the opportunity, you drafted a guy that did well in that opportunity, and you find out that the guy can't play. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the eye test, and Baker, Baker's probably the best person I know at the eye test. Uh, the eye test is key. Watch them play. If you think the guy can play, he can play. Yeah. You know? Or you see, you watch the guy play, and he's in an Andy Reid offense, and every time he gets the ball, he's in open space because Andy Reid knows how to get people in space. Then it's like maybe that guy, you know, maybe it's just the opportunity. Yeah. That's an, another thing, too, is do you guys re- actually pay attention to ADP? Because I feel like personally I do, but I don't. Because, I mean, I do only looking at, okay, this guy's probably going to go soon, so I need to take him now. But at the same time, I don't really care if he's going soon with the with the exception of like quarterbacks and like tight ends. Those I don't really give a shit about to be honest in my draft strategy. But if I got a guy that I want as compared to someone that I know might not come back that I that I don't want or whatever or that I do like but he's not essential, then I don't really care about ADP, which is is it's not always good, but it is to me, I guess. Baker, you want to talk about that? No. <laughs> um, for those of you that don't know, ADP is uh, average draft position. So they take a a culmination of um, drafts, or certain sites will have their own ADP. So ESPN, for example, will take uh, just a overall ranking average of where guys are going in mock drafts, and it's different, obviously, for PPR and non PPR. So That's, you can look at different ADP for all of them. The uh, also. Almost the biggest reason I don't do ADP, which I didn't say shit about, was basically you also know your league. Every league is different. Like, in a like ADP for quarterbacks might be real late, but in some leagues they go real early. Yeah, that's what I mean. Baker yeah. touched on that earlier when he said yeah. know your league. Mm-hmm. Um, I say I don't pay attention to ADP to a certain extent. I do believe that there is a benefit to mock drafts, though. Yeah. Um, and and. I, like you said, it's it's dumb because no one's going where they're supposed to go. You know your league is different. You know, there's always going to be a guy, Jameis, who takes Aaron <laughs> Rodgers in the first round. Um, you're going to get a Chiefs homer that spent entirely too much draft capital on Patrick Mahomes last year, and it worked out for him. Um, Sammy Cav. So there's, I mean, yes and no, but uh, I guess what I'm trying to get at, the moral of the story there is, if you draft mock drafts, and you're drafting guys where they're supposed to go based on the law of averages. Um, you're g- and you learn to like your team via those mock drafts. You're going to love your team when you draft with buddies that are overreaching. Because then guys that you thought wouldn't fall to you are going to fall to you. And so there is some benefit in that sense, knowing ADP. Um, but like, like you guys said earlier, I mean, know your league. ADP doesn't mean shit when it comes to quarterbacks or tight ends. Certain leagues are going to value him differently. No, and like you said, I really don't care about a quarterback or a yeah, tight end. Yeah, I don't. I tip well because the tight ends. It feels like 
it's not not just this year, but like every year. There's like two or three good tight ends, and then everyone else is pretty shit. Like, you know, at least to me. <laughs> but uh, so going with that, because like I said, quarterbacks and tight ends, I look for them at the end. Would you guys ever take like Patrick Mahomes? Would you guys ever take a quarterback before the to make it harder? I guess before the fourth round. In standard, well, the, do all of them, anyone? Yeah, well, it 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 it's different in different leagues. Why not six um, points, four points? Yeah, and, if it's a six point league, and the bonus sure potentially. Yeah. If it's a a ten man league, yes, because I think the difference between Mahomes versus the other starters is the only difference you're going to see. If you don't get Mahomes early, then, then no. don't even draft a guy because at the end of the draft you're going to get a guy like Mitchell Trubisky or Philip Rivers or a Big Ben that are going to do just fine and might actually outscore a guy like Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray because he's going really high for whatever reason. He looked good from what I saw. I, I thought he looked good. So <laughs> I don't know if I'm drafting him high. I just thought like him ro- the way he rolled out. Well, his ADP right now is number eight. He's above Phillip Rivers. He's actually right above well, Russell Wilson right now. Let that sink in. Yeah. <laughs> Baker, quarterbacks? To me, draft skill get running backs receivers as much as you can because i'm pretty sure last year the number two quarterback to the number 20th quarterback was within a one and a half to two point difference so you're gonna get per a game per game which means people are reaching for aaron Rodgers, drew Brees, averaging about 20 points a game you had your Jameis winston's your Andrew Lux, even Mitchell Trubisky, that was averaging 17 to 18 points a game. Quarterbacks are good, but again, depending on what league you're in, you can always get quarterbacks late. Waivers, there's always someone out there that can just plug and play. If it's me, I'm going in a draft, grabbing skill, just like Lou hit earlier. The more talent you have in your team, the easier it is to trade for assets later down the road, rather than it being vice versa you don't have any assets to trade for you're going to give up more than you wanted to lose to begin with treat players like stocks exactly so skill and skill and skill you mean don't follow my heart man don't go justin tucker round one i'll tell you about my <laughs> ty hilton role later on we'll touch on that uh that's a follow your heart role um just to piggyback on what baker was just talking about um Knowing your league structure, right? Um, knowing how many players are in your league, how many guys you have to start at certain positions, it creates a, uh, I guess, a currency for your players. If you're in a two quarterback league and it's a 10 team league, every team starting two, right? That's 20 of the 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. You want to knock off the bottom five because you don't want to start one of those guys. That means there's 25 guys that are viable. Not great starts, but viable to start every week. And, you know, you got to worry about your bye week, so everyone's trying to own three. In that case, uh, I've done it in the past where I've gone quarterback first and second round. Let me lock in those guys, and then in the 12th round, I'll get a guy like Eli Manning. I guess not Eli Manning now, but um, I'm trying to think of a, a, a lower-tier guy that I know is not. Matthew Stafford. I know he's not going to lose his job. I know he's going to be there for my bye weeks. I don't need high upside from him. I've got my two guys, you know, but the perfect third quarterback. 
So in a league like that, yeah, I, I would value quarterbacks differently than I value anything else. Um, in a league where it's 12-team PPR and you're starting three wide receivers before you even get to your flex, value wide receiver a lot higher than you would normally. In a 10-team standard league, running back is king. So you have to adjust to what your league scoring is. And um, yeah, just always take the best available your roster will figure itself out. I mean, how many how many guys blew up last year towards the end of the year that were on the waiver wire to start? You know, um, I think Nick Chubb was on the waiver wire to start in our league, which was crazy. He shouldn't have been, but Nick Chubb, Philip uh, Lindsay, James Conner, Philip Lindsay. Uh, Essentially, the team you're drafting is going to be totally different by week six. So, so well, don't worry too much about building the back end of your roster to match the front end of your roster. Oh, I really, really need my fourth running back and he needs to have a different buy than my top two running backs like don't take the best available player uh players will emerge on the waiver wire and the that best available player even if you are not starting him neither are your opponents right and if they want to start him they have to pay for him and then you strengthen the rest of your 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 team so i guess coming from we got a little bit of draft all right cool getting that good uh i guess we can kind of transition because you just mentioned a couple players. Who do you guys think? Um, I don't know if we should go with like a who do you think is going to blow up this season and who do you think is going to bust? Or I'm thinking also just because you mentioned Philip Lindsay, Roy Freeman. Do you guys, how do you guys feel about them? Baker, you're the running backs guru. Because <laughs> there's a couple running backs here that are split carries, and if you got to take one, my like um, to me in a lot of drafts, I'm hoping for David Montgomery, but as he's been playing, people are now catching an eye and like wanting him. But I also I'm not hurt if I lose him because I just I know that Tariq Cohen's not gonna really change what he's doing. So I guess just are there any teams like that? I don't think. Tariq Cohen needs to take a step down for David Montgomery to take a step up. I think that the yeah, I don't two think that's them, what I'm yeah, saying. I yeah, don't I think so. I think that it's that marriage is going to work perfectly. Yeah, and as far as the Philip Lindsay Royce Freeman, I mean, it seems like more teams are going to the one-two punch backfields. So even if it was me, Philip Lindsay's obviously getting drafted a little higher because of what he did last year. Pretty sure he's the starting role. I take Royce Freeman if I can as like a, a handcuff. Always try to handcuff your stars. Todd Gurley, for example. Yeah, Chris, you want to tell your handcuff story from last year? Yeah, don't draft Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can draft them, but because he won't hold out this year. No. So yeah, so just be just know the system that you're drafting your players as well. Uh, handcuff obviously your star backs or you know just any one who you're expected to get points from but injury goes down you know who's getting the bulk of the work afterwards for instance love bill Le'Veon bell that's a perfect example last year he was probably the biggest fantasy bust ever getting drafted one, one two, two or two <laughs> overall and sits out a whole year i just don't understand people that spend a second round draft pick on a guy that they know is holding out and then don't hedge their bet by drafting his backup with their very last pick. The last pick. What, what, who'd you draft in the last round of last year's draft 
and let you, you know my answer. I don't know. J- James Conner <laughs> was out on waivers and he was picked up because no one drafted him. I mean, I sh- I should have drafted him. I wasn't thinking about it, but I didn't draft Love Bell, so I wasn't thinking about it. You, on the other hand, it should have been fresh in your mind. I just drafted a guy that is threatening to hold out. I should draft his backup so I at least have somebody to play until he gets back, which would have done you very well. So what about okay? Yeah, exactly. But what about guys that their backup has a high ADP? Like, um, I think Latavius Murray is in what, like the sixth, seventh round. Uh, my thing with backups is you don't have to back up everyone. So I um, I like David Johnson. Maybe it's because I live in Arizona and I get to watch all Cardinals games, and it makes Cardinals games bearable. But uh, I I love David Johnson. Do I own Chase Edmonds in a redraft 12-team league? Probably not. Um, and the reasoning behind that is if if David Johnson gets hurt, do I think that Chase Edmonds has the upside to be a top 15 running back weekly? No. No, I don't. So why waste a roster spot just in case my guy gets hurt for a guy that isn't even replacement level? Where a guy like Latavius Murray, if Alvin Kamara goes down and he's the number one running back, in arguably the best offense in the NFL, and he's proven that he could do it. I I I think that it's worth the capital, um, or a guy like Austin Eckler, right? If if Melvin Gordon wasn't holding out, you've got a guy like Austin Eckler, who passes the eye test. He looks electric, right? If a guy like Melvin Gordon, who has been injury prone in the past, goes down, I think Austin Eckler at replacement level has potential to be a top fifteen running back. Spend that draft capital right yeah okay so basically it's not like um like you, i think that's a perfect example i think you nailed it you hit the nail on the head <laughs> with dj yeah i mean he goes down but you can still find another running back in the waiver wire that's gonna do what his replacement's gonna do so at that point it's not worth you know investing in his backup um and i guess speaking of melvin gordon where do you have him right now you know he's he okay well lewis is our chargers expert right here do you think he's gonna get signed i wouldn't say expert i'm a chargers fool because i choose to (laughs) follow the chargers because i love them um melvin gordon is still going to get drafted high uh i say bottom of the first top of the second i would spend that draft pick on him i wouldn't spend the i know i just you know spoke highly of Austin Eckler I wouldn't spend the draft capital on Austin Eckler I think he's going entirely too high because people are expecting him to play in in place of Melvin Gordon but if I'm drafting Melvin Gordon I'm expecting Melvin Gordon to play so I would spend the draft capital on a guy like Justin Jackson because you can get him in the 11th round that's my handcuff for Melvin Gordon if Melvin Gordon doesn't play Justin Jackson will that 15 carries per game at least gives me a flex I don't lose out entirely on Melvin Gordon and I didn't have to spend a fourth or a fifth and if Melvin Gordon as Austin Eckler's going, and if Melvin Gordon does play, you well, probably. I just got a top five running back in my number 11, 12, right. 13, 14 pick. You know, are you still drafting him in the 11, 12, 13, 14? If it's let's say it's the end of August and he still hasn't reported, you know, in two weeks from now, yes, are you you're still taking him there? Yes, and if he reports, where do you just think just he think lands? about who else is going at that 12 range? Yeah, what about who also is. Yeah. has question marks you got re- receivers too you got what what do you got like obj antonio Terry brown hill. tyreek hill antonio, antonio brown yeah. travis kelsey so you take oh i mean 
with that risk, do you take him over those guys? He's a top you five know, running back if he plays. Yeah, I, right, it, right. Again, it depends on 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 the league. If it's PPR, and Antonio Brown's there, maybe I pause. Who knows? If he finds a helmet he likes by then, maybe I, I take he, a pause and I take Antonio Brown over. He Malcolm actually Gordon. reported to camp today. He tweeted today too. If anyone has a helmet, he'll give them a signed jersey. So <laughs> if they have that, 2010. He's back in the Raiders yeah. facilities. Um. Yeah, and I see his ADP right now is in like the top of the third round. Yeah, he's which going I think late. Is, I think is ridiculous. Let's not talk about it so that we keep that ADP there because... Well, like you said, ADP doesn't matter. <laughs> right, it doesn't. He so. won't go in the top no. of the, <laughs> uh, the third in our league. No. No. Tony Totap. Second best wide receiver in the NFL. I guess the other mm. thing, just to close out Melvin Gordon, if he does report, where do we got him? Fifth? He jumps six. up in the top six easy. Top probably six. number five. I you think. take him before DJ? Personally, well, let's personally, have uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. You do? Yes. I think DJ's gonna have a great year, though. I think with this, like, well, I think it's kind of going both ways. I think he could end up to me with this new uh, coach and how they want to run the offense. I think he could end up easily like a top three, top four running back. But I think he can easily, you know, that offensive line. I'm pretty sure it still sucks he could end up out of the top 10. So he's uh on my risk risk <laughs> risky players to take. This is a perfect opportunity for me to talk about my TY Hilton rule. Um because it, if you're splitting hairs on a guy and you just can't decide and it's close for you, pick the guy that you'd rather watch play. The whole reason I started playing fantasy football, and I'm sure the whole reason a lot of you guys started playing fantasy football was to to learn more about football, to be able to watch games, and to be able to have some skin in the game, you know? Fantasy football is the only thing that's going to make a Dolphins-Jaguars game exciting. That's the, the easiest way I can put it. So, when you're splitting hairs between two guys, you draft the guy you would rather watch. Now, I call it the T.Y. Hilton rule because years ago, I was splitting hairs between Sammy Watkins and T.Y. Hilton, and I chose to draft Sammy Watkins because I said he's younger, he's got more upside, I think he has a better year than T.Y. Hilton. And man, was I wrong. And I watched the guy that I love blow up, not blow up, but just do T.Y. Hilton things. And I watched Sammy Sammy Watkins get hurt yet again. And that hurt even more so because I love T.Y. Hilton so much. So if it's a guy you like to watch, draft him. It's plain and simple. So between Melvin Gordon and David Johnson, me being a Chargers fan, if I'm splitting hairs between the two, and this is, again, we're talking if Melvin Gordon uh, reported to camp, then I would say, well, I'd rather draft my guy. You know, I'm going to be watching a lot of Chargers games. It would be fun if he was on my team. So there's my that's my decision maker. Since we're talking on those lines right now, Zeke hasn't reported either. He's holding out. Do you think he's going to sign, and do you let him – because even right now, to me – like, for example, I got a I got a six pick in one of my drafts, right? Even if he doesn't report by, like, a week out of training camp, I, it almost hurts to let him go past the sixth round, the sixth pick for me, like getting Ezekiel Elliott at six. Do you guys feel that way at all, or, or maybe I'm just tripping? I don't know. I think he reports, and I think he reports because uh, – the kid they just drafted is going to look really good in preseason 
And I think it's going to show Ezekiel Elliott that maybe, just maybe, behind that offensive line, he's replaceable. And I think he comes back for a little less than what he held out for. I agree. You guys both think he reports? Yeah, I think he caves before the Cowboys do. Well, Jerry Jones has been talking big, too. So it's I'm not, telling you, the, the, rookie, the rookie is electric, and I think a lot of people are going to be really excited to learn about him in weeks two and three of, of preseason. Who's the rookie? Um, I think it's Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. Oh, okay, yeah. I know who it is. Um, so you think he reports? Yeah. And if he doesn't, where do you guys? What's the latest you would let him fall? Because obviously, if he comes back, he's one or two easy. End of the first round. End of the first. That okay. Tops. You can get him at the eleventh or tenth. That's a steal. Yeah, I mean that's the thing because I like I said I mean I'm in six and if he fell to the six I almost can't let him fall any further. It also depends on who else is on the board when you're picking at six, right? Because if if, right, well when I'm picking at six, I'm thinking. Well, if he's picking at six, I'm thinking I'm seeing DJ. uh, Obviously, I'm seeing Melvin Gordon. I'm seeing Todd Gurley, Devontae Adams, maybe DeAndre Hopkins might still be there. You know, you're looking at those guys. Right. Are you going to pass up on 16 games of Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins for Ezekiel Elliott? Are you going to go let the guy I mean, in 10 pick him? It's hard. It's That's why. It's kind of hard. Personally, I like DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's a stud, so I'd probably go DeAndre Hopkins still. But just because of your T.Y. Hilton role, like, I want to watch him play. So. Yeah. Do I want to watch the Cowboys play? Uh, Zach moved, so I'm all right. <laughs> Uh, also, T.Y. Hilton rule, that does not mean draft Mike Gillisley in the first round. <laughs> Second. Inside no, joke for... Uh, third round. Was it third round? Third round. I thought it was the... Inside joke for those are in our league. Uh, big Patriots fan. Overreacted oh, to Mike yeah. Gillisley. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Three touchdowns in preseason. Yeah. Shout I'm talking to, to, your, to your listeners, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, Draft T- <laughs> Gillisley in the third round. When yeah, only the use team. the T.Y. Hilton rule when you're <laughs> splitting hairs between two guys. That does not mean reach for a guy three rounds earlier, or in that case, 15 rounds earlier. All right. So, still on the same topic. A.J. Green, I don't think they've said how much he's going to miss. Um, I mean, it's an ankle. What is that usually? Do you guys know? Um. Six. I don't want to keep that one quiet. Call. I, I think uh, AJ is going to be fine. Even if he misses two games, that's still going to be a number one receiver. I can't yeah. remember the last time AJ Green played more than 13 games. I also can't remember, aside from last year, uh, the last time AJ Green was not a top 10 wide receiver. Right. Yeah, I, no, because I like AJ Green, and I'm really – because I've tried – okay, with the mock drafts, I've tried receiver – zero running back and i really like that more but i've also gotten accustomed to choosing those like third tier second tier running backs later so i get used to that and then when i end up and i've done running back running back and i've always thought about going like aj green late which i never get to him though to be honest the round i'm gonna get him someone scoops him up but i'm always like the day he gets back he's my number one receiver i mean he's the best he's easily top what top eight i say if if you are going zero running back AJ Green's going in the fourth or the fifth. If you are going zero running back, you have three starting wide receivers. You don't need to take the risk. There. Right, right, exactly. Right. Um, you can get a guy like Josh Jacobs or a guy like David Montgomery and add a zero running back strategy. That That's huge for you. So I wouldn't take the risk there. But 
if you're a guy that drafted in the top three picks, you got one of the big three. You got Kamara, C-Mac, or Saquon. Sorry, Saquads. Um, and then in the <laughs> second round, Devontae Freeman's staring at you. Well, you have to take Devontae Freeman. And then in the third round, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, a guy like Damian Williams fell there because he's been hurt. And you're like, well, I really like his opportunity there. Now you're looking at three running backs. I think a, a guy in that position has to take the gamble on A.J. Green on in the fourth. Yeah, because then it's if he hits, your team is stellar. you got a number one wide receiver, and you didn't have to spend a top three pick on him. You've got three stud running backs. I mean, your starting flex would be Damian Williams, for crying out loud. So then you just look at your second wide receiver position as your flex, and, I mean, you're, you're golden right there. Um, How do you – well, I think I – I want to say I heard somewhere that Damian Williams, Andy Reid was saying now that they're going to kind of do a, a, a dual back out there. I, I haven't Running seen that back anywhere. By Everything I see is uh, Andy Reid sticking by his guy, saying it, when he's Damian back, Williams. it's his. Okay. Um, but uh, that doesn't mean anything if Carlos Hyde comes out and does Carlos Hyde things. Carlos Hyde has never been in an offense this good, ever. Yeah, I'm actually, I actually like Carlos Hyde, which a lot of people are, don't like him apparently and they're all down on him which i mean understandably if damian williams does his thing carlos hyde doesn't really mean anything right i mean but the fact that we're having this conversation means you don't spend a top three pick on damian williams yeah, <laughs> yeah you're drafting the opportunity there not the player um which is a i mean don't get me wrong so you wouldn't take him in the top three because i think he's been going in the in the third round third third round maybe it also maybe. just depends on who's around him right, uh, right. Who, who else i have to pick for like if i'm at the bottom of the third and it's him, him over, like, or alshon jeffrey i'm probably going alshon personally yeah yeah and it also i mean it depends on who i picked in my first two rounds as well um but most likely i'm staring at a guy like alshon in that third who is the top receiver Which I like, I in one of the best offenses in, in the NFL when Carson Wentz is right. And, uh, I mean, I, th- I think he's got the potential to be a top 12 wide receiver. And I'm drafting the player, again, not the opportunity. Because I don't think that Alshon Jeffrey if – Alshon- if Alshon Jeffrey twists his ankle one week, he has to miss a week, and then he comes back the following week, Alshon Jeffrey didn't lose his job. But if Damian Williams tweaks a hammy, takes a week off, Carlos Hyde blows up, Damian Williams might have lost his job. Right. And you don't think Alshon Jeffrey? Just just to touch on Deshaun Jackson. Do you like him this year at all? Which one, Jeffrey or Jackson? Deshaun Jackson. I like Alshon Jeffrey. I, don't, <laughs> I like him a lot. Yeah. I yeah. mean, sure. More. So he's not a talent on the offense. You know, he's probably gonna put up DJ numbers just like he does every year. He's a good like. If you play daily. I like Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. You'll buy him for 11, 12 bucks. You have the potential yeah. for a touchdown. Yeah. Get him in the ninth, tenth round. If you're hurting for a flex play and he's sitting on your bench, yeah, he's got high upside, obviously. I, I, on any given week, he, he could bust out for 120 yards on three catches and a touchdown. I mean, guy's electric. But I don't think he's a focal point of the offense. I don't think he's a guy you can rely on week in, week out. So if you draft him at a position where he's not your weekly starter, sure, I like D-Jax. But if you're drafting him to be your second wide receiver, your third wide receiver, I'm sorry for your team. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. So where do you want to go from here? What are you thinking? My co-host right here. Because I got a couple of things I want to talk about. Just Not just fantasy-wise, but... 
Can I talk about the new teams? Like Antonio Brown on the Raiders. Of course, people are dropping him, which I think, I personally think they're dropping him too far. And Lev Bell on the Jets, he's. It feels like he's just getting bet. He's getting drafted higher and higher every week. Like he's getting making his way up, especially with Melvin Gordon and. Yeah, I have more Zeke confidence in Lev Bell on the Jets than I do Antonio Brown on the Raiders personally, um, because, I mean Lev Bell. Lev Bell's a talent. Um, you, there's every once in a while you'll see a running style, or or, or just a a play style where people want to mimic Steph Curry in the NBA. How many Steph Currys are coming out out and getting drafted now? I mean, Trey Young, um, you know, Jimmer Fredette was in that mold. All these guys that are changing their game to be like Steph Curry. The kid that Miami Heat just drafted, Tyler Harrow. Sorry, not trying to change the sport on you guys. But if you watch running backs coming out right now, they look their running style looks very, very similar to Lev Bell. Um, he changed the game a little bit. He he, the guy has patience, waiting what, for waiting for the hole to open. Watch a guy, think, watch a guy like Joe Mixon. It looks like you're watching Mini Love Bell. Watch a guy like James Conner, and maybe it's because James Conner's in the same system. But James Conner runs like Love Bell. Carry on Johnson has a little bit of that Love Bell to him too. I mean, the the guy is a stud. There's a reason people are mimicking his running style, and it, it's because the guy can play. Right. right, but do you think he can do that behind the Jets line? I, I mean, he doesn't have A B out out there where you you know you're still no. protecting against A B. You're still protecting against Juju. You know, he doesn't well, have those other weapons that are. I mean, you know, Robbie Anderson. A lot of people like. Robbie I'm not Anderson, worried about eight in the box because he's going to be involved in the screen game. He's going to be involved in. He he might play some slot for them. I mean, the guys will right. I'm just asking. They'll find a think, way to get him the ball. Okay, in space. okay. I guess for his running style, I was just wondering: Do you think he can be that patient in this team on this team? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Jets are going to surprise a lot of people, man. And Will if you, you want to talk about yeah. wide receivers you think so? taking the top off, I of take all right. So everybody just heard Baker. Oh no, go ahead. I, I'm, if you want to talk about wide receivers taking the top off of defenses, Sam Darnold's got an arm. And there's a guy named Robbie Anderson on the outside. They they could beat a couple safeties. So I, I think that the defense is going to have to stay honest. I don't know that it's – I mean, obviously, it's not the killer bees in Pittsburgh. It's not what I'm saying by any means. But I do think that the defenses are going to have to stay honest enough that it's not eight in the box every play like DJ went up against last year. And, I and you know, perfect example, DJ, a guy with that kind of talent on the worst offense in the NFL. And it was the worst by far finished as the number 10 running back in standard and in PPR. So that talent is still going to shine through. You're still going to get a top 10 guy. Lev Bell, worst case scenario is David Johnson last year. And you know what? Getting him at, at the, as the seventh running back off the board to be the 10th running back in the NFL at worst case scenario, that's not, that's not a bad gamble, right? Where if Lev Bell looks right, Lev Bell looks like he did two years ago, and you got him as the number seven, that's the steal of the draft. Right. Okay. And what are you worried about with Antonio Brown? Is it just Derek Carr, basically? No. No. Maybe we'll be fine. They are going to be like the Philadelphia Eagles the year they just signed a bunch of talent. They bolstered the roster with weapons, but then also didn't do anything to the line. They're going to play the comeback game a lot, so he will get his targets. He's going to be a top five wide receiver, 1,000 yards most likely. 
I mean, they're, they're going to be forced to throw a lot this year. The guy's going to catch 100 balls, yeah. 1,200 yards. I mean, I feel like they've kind of made that offense end. around them. So. Yeah. yeah. So, Love Bell, AB, new teams, but they'll be fine. The only thing I'd be worried about Antonio Brown with is, the guy, God, they just, this feels like when the Raiders traded for Randy Moss. Right, you've got a deep you wide can't, receiver. You can't not think about that because you had an amazing – it's it's basically, I don't know if you want to say same caliber receivers. I mean, they're both at the top of their game. Like the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are one of the best organizations in the league, and I think they've covered a lot of – like they've covered up a lot of the Antonio Brown-isms. And, I, I mean, one off season with the Raiders, and you're seeing more Antonio Brown in the news than ever, and it's not in a positive way. I think that a professional organization like the Steelers kept him in check. I don't know that the Raiders can do the same. So the the only pause for concern I have with Antonio Brown is that, is that he's a diva wide receiver in the mold of our favorites growing up, you know, Ter- Terrell Owens, Randy Moss, I mean, it's it scares me a little bit in that sense, but I mean the guy's electric. As far as on field though, it's not. Yeah, he'll be fine. Low end, like my low end for Antonio Brown is eighty catches, twelve hundred yards, ten touchdowns. Low end. High end is obviously what we've seen in the past, where he's catching one hundred and twenty balls, sixteen hundred yards, fifteen touchdowns. I mean the guy was second in the running for MVP three years ago, two years ago. He's going to be fine. I think it's an insult to him that he's dropping to the third round. I think it is, too, honestly. I don't like saying it out loud for people to hear, but because I love A.B. To me, he's the best receiver in the league, and I think that he's going that low. To me, it just – it's crazy. It's to me, You just insulted DeAndre Hopkins now. Let's just well, insult everyone, I, I, right? I, I think A.B. is better than DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know about this year because A.B. is on the Raiders, which is what everyone thinks, right? But see, but AB that's the last thing. year. DeAndre Hopkins last year. I had AB. All, but that, all day. that's the thing is, is it shouldn't matter what team you're on. If I'm saying best receiver in the NFL is if you lined up the wide receivers in the NFL and you picked a team dodgeball style, who's the first wide receiver getting drafted? Julio it's DeAndre Jones. Hopkins. The guy did it. The guy did it with Brian Hoyer. He did it with Brock Osweiler for crying. Yeah, but did out you loud. call him the best when those guys were yes. going at him? I've been saying it forever. The guy is terrific. Best hands in the NFL aside from Jarvis Landry. Now you get to see it this year. Uh, AB's on our worst team. No, no line. Arguably not as good a quarterback. People will say Deshaun Watson is better than Derek Carr, but I think you know people Derek loved Carr Derek Carr's first two years. MVP. Yeah, yeah. People yeah, he forget had an Derek Carr. MVP year, and I think I mean, we crowned Deshaun Watson too early. But I mean, arguably yeah. Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback than Derek Carr. Obviously, it's a better team than the Raiders. So, yeah, if, if A.B. outproduces DeAndre Hopkins this year, then I will say, okay, he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. Sure, I will concede that. But if he doesn't, I think it proves my argument. You think that'll – so, basically, one way or another, we'll find out this yeah. year what, what it is. Yes. Yeah, because I'm an, I'm an A.B. fan for sure. I think he's the best receiver. And I do think, yeah, it's an insult not to, not to include Julio Jones in that conversation. Um, Julio Jones is – also, the thing, because I'm actually a Derek Carr fan, too. I actually like him, Derek Carr. I remember his almost MVP season. And to me, I think the reason that you owned him that year, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you had him and Amari Cooper, team Maybe name, that's why. the I ACDC connection. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, But the thing is, I think that it's not his fault he's been playing so bad. I think that that offense has just been so bad that he can't throw it deep. He trash. has to just. Yeah. I don't think it's his fault. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I think 
it's just the system he's in is not good. So, I mean, with AB and they got the dude from the charge, was Mike Williams? Tyrell Williams. Oh, okay. Tyrell Williams. So Tyrell Williams can take the top off the defense, too. He's that prototypical Chargers wide receiver. 6'3", burners, just goes up and gets it uh, in the mold of Chris Chambers and Malcolm Floyd and Vincent Jackson. But, yeah, I think he got paid entirely too much. All right. Um, you you had one question posed before we even started the podcast, and you haven't even. Well, asked I didn't know it. if we should get to it yet because I that's a, that's a real question that I don't know. I'm just wondering. Okay, so I in every talking about mock drafts here, I'm always posed with a decision in the round that I'm going. Should I go Christian Kirk or Dante Pettis? And I've been going. Dante Pettis because I hadn't seen Kyler Murray play yet or his throws anything like that and I just I like Jimmy Garoppolo so it wasn't on skill on either of them it was more I like Jimmy G throwing the ball and that's why I've been going Dante Pettis but what would you guys say because they're, they're going about the same I think even on ESPN they're it's Christian Kirk Dante Pettis that they're all like right there Baker you want first first shot at this one um honestly I don't like either no no yeah, I was going to say, can I draft Curtis Samuel there? <laughs> I really don't like either of them. Well, I'm high on the Cardinals. Uh, if your league has return yards, right, if they if they give you a point per 25 return yards or whatever, which is what we do in our league, I'll take Christian Kirk. He's returning punts. Dante Pettis isn't. Um, otherwise, I, it's splitting hairs. I guess use the T.Y. Hilton rule there. So, I, so I'm watch taking Cardinals it games, take Kirk. you guys aren't big on the Cardinals this year. That's what I'm kind of hearing. Because he, he's supposedly he's going to be the number one target. He's not the number one target. Well, that's what they're saying. That's fine. People say a lot of things right, in camp. Right, right, right. So is number 11 still playing? Yeah. yeah okay. Still the I think still there. <laughs> no, I just... Uh, and he's going before Fitzgerald, so... I think there's a lot of hype on the Cardinals because of what they did. Offense, coach, quarterback. But if, if I'm going to get anyone from the Cardinals, that's probably going to be David Johnson. Yeah. After that, it's kind of just shooting darts. Really not looking at him. Yeah. Same with the Niners. The Bills to you, then. No. You have to kind of have a feel that the Niners are not – I mean, their best pass catcher is a tight end. But they also brought three running backs to the picture. So I feel like they're going to be a run-heavy offense and they'll rely a lot on that defense to just do boring John Lynch-style games. I think if there's any rookie wide receiver ready to contribute right now. Nikhil Harry, baby. No. <laughs> if there's any ASU. rookie wide receiver ready to contribute week one, it's Debo Samuel. He is pro ready. He's got a pro body. If there's any wide receiver that ends up being the number one wide receiver on their team this year as a rookie, it is Debo Samuel. Okay. Dante Pettis hasn't even been named the starter. I don't know if you've seen No, that. he hasn't. Yeah. He hasn't. He's battling. Which I saw that today before I wanted to talk about it. And I it. think they, they love Marquise Goodwin. They love him so much that he is one of the three starters. Right, He's going to be your outside starting wide receiver. Um, so if Dante Pettis can beat out Debo, then Dante Pettis is in a good position. Um, but I, I like I said, I think Debo Samuel is... If there's a, a single wide receiver, because wide receivers don't generally produce in their rookie years, right. um, aside from the year that OBJ and Mike Evans took over the NFL, 
and I guess if you want to say Calvin Ridley last year, um, but even then, I mean, I think Calvin Ridley only had 800 receiving yards. It was the 10, I think 10 touchdowns was the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. which has and to. And he had a four touchdown game. That has I to think. regress. I mean, I think he <laughs> like, only caught 60 balls, 60 balls, I think balls, it was against touchdowns. Miami. He, yeah, he, yeah. He that, like 40 fantasy that number comes was. back down a little, uh, back down to earth. Um, so and Matt I, Ryan isn't, he doesn't, I don't want to say he doesn't, never mind. Because he, he, the way he trends, he's kind of, he kills it and then he doesn't kill it and then he kills it. But of yeah. course, you know, it's Ma- not a Maddie Puddles. Shout out to Alex there. Clancy. Maddie Puddles. <laughs> All right. But really, baseline is basically, this. it's a non, it's a non-question. It's a non-issue. You don't, you don't want to. I, listen, hypothetical gun to my head, I guess I draft Christian Kirk. But the answer is probably anyone else around them in that ADP. Yeah. But since Baker did talk about the running game, are you at all for Tevin Coleman? I yes. I, I was a big Tevin Coleman fan in my in sorry Atlanta. So how do you guys feel about him now? Which he's. I mean, does he have the starting job there? I he, think he does. He starts week one. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it's a split backfield, but I think he gets the majority of the carries. And if they want to ride the hot hand. Uh, which is what Shanahan's prone to do. I know people are scared with his offenses because it's a different guy week to week um, because he likes to ride the hot hand. And I'm sure Jarek McKinnon or Matt Breida are going to have a game or two where they're the hot hand and they get ready. Jarek McKinnon is starting, though, on the yeah, he's, IL or PUP. I don't know. Yeah, he, well, he, he was on the PUP. They took him off the PUP, so he can't go back on the PUP. If he doesn't get right, he's going to be on IR, which means he's out for the first six weeks yeah. at, at least. Um, so I'm I'm less scared of Jarek McKinnon than I am Matt Breida. Matt Breida passes the eye test. Matt Breida is yeah, good like running back. Matt Breida is going to be more electric than Tevin Coleman, but Tevin Coleman's a thumper. He's got good hands. Obviously, he's good in pass protection. I mean, he. Let's not forget that the Falcons should have beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and Tevin Coleman was a large part of that. He was splitting carries with Devontae Freeman that entire playoff. I mean, Tevin Coleman is a very good football player, and I think it'll translate into the majority of the snaps in San Francisco. And at the range he's going, I mean, that he's a steal. Yeah. Anyone in our league, I didn't just say that. Let him follow me. <laughs> this is why you brought us on. This is really why you brought us right, on. That's just so everyone knows, because we're all in the league together, so. Lewis won last year, and and the year before somehow Baker got Saquon at like eleven. So I want to know how they did these things. Baker had Saquon and Christian McCaffrey. Let the record record yes. say that's who Christopher Baker knows his running backs. Yeah, that's why when you brought up the whole zero running back that you guys had a team together, I was like, how did Baker let you do that? Because I I feel like well, every time I talk to Baker, it's about running back. I'll, I'll tell you why it's uh it's because Baker knows his running backs. <laughs> Baker will draft a guy like Marlon Mack last year where everyone's like, whoa, uh, you drafted Marlon Mack over Kenyon Drake. That's something dumb that I said. Um, and then Marlon Mack turns out to be, I think he was a top 10 running back at the end of the year. I'd, I'd have to he was look that up. Back. He was amazing. He, uh, it points for, uh, by top 10, I mean um, per, game, per game. Per game, top 10. I think Marlon Mack was up there. I believe he was up there. But, I mean, yeah. Baker, if you want to trust anyone with the eye test on a running back, ask Baker. Except for that, he says that Lev Bell's better than Saquon. I don't, I don't buy that. But Lev Bell will be. That's I. I'm actually worried about Saquon. I think he's a stud, but without the threat of OBJ, and you got Golden Tate missing at least well four games right now. I, I don't know if he lost his appeal or not. And then you lost who Corey? Um, something. Can I ask you something? Did you watch Giants games last year? 
Because no. OBJ, OBJ didn't play a lot. Right. No, he was hurt for a little bit. Right, right. but, but so when... Saquon played against eight people in the box last season. And he did what he did. So I don't know why everyone's afraid that he's going to play I, against eight in the box this year. I mean, they, I, they really only have Sterling Shepard. Uh, no, Golden Tate. Golden Tate. Well, is, well I guess Evan he's Ingram. A, but but Golden Tate's missing. That's what I'm saying. He's missing four games. Four games. Four so games. you're not worried. Okay. No. Because I've been because because of all that, I honestly have C Mac as my number one in the in the whole draft. I have C Mac going number one. I love C Mac. No, Baker. No. Listen, I <laughs> Vegas laughing because uh, I was a C Mac hater his rookie year. I I thought that he was too small, um, and my opinion actually changed before that Roy did out photo went viral <laughs> <laughs> last last year. Halfway through last year, listen, we we are we're in a daily fantasy football league. We set our lineup daily. We have a certain amount of dollars to spend, and Yahoo chooses the dollar amount of players worth. And uh, Christian McCaffrey was on my lineup every single week. That was my makeup for not drafting him, <laughs> was paying money for him on my daily team weekly. I did take him. I mean, the guy game. is a stud. I love that whole Carolina offense. You didn't, so you didn't like him his rookie year? I was really big on him and Fournette coming in his rookie year, which I ended up with McCaffrey because other people wanted Fournette. So. Uh, my, I guess my biggest weakness is that I look at stats like Alvin Kamara's rookie season where he averaged 7.8 yards per carry, and I say, well, that can't happen again, right? And people are drafting him like it's going to happen again. And I say, no, no, I won't spend the money on him because I think it regresses back to the norm. And let's say I give him Jamal Charles numbers, which is what he's doing. But the it, the argument I was making after his rookie year was I give Alvin Kamara Jamal Charles numbers. He's averaging 5.86 yards per carry. Sure. Mark Ingram was still there. I thought they were going to be splitting carries. I didn't think he was going to get more carries. So I said at six yards per carry, still with the same amount of carries, Probably less touchdowns because that that statistic was pretty high as well. I, I didn't yeah, want to draft him. I didn't like want as I bought zero stocks in Alvin Kamara. Man, was I wrong. Uh, same thing with Christian McCaffrey. You you watch him his rookie year. I say this guy's way too involved in the passing game. It's because Devin Funches is the number one wide receiver, and that's <laughs> horrible. Uh, and then they, they drafted. Said what, D- everyone said Cam Newton won't throw to the running back. Right. right? So yeah. and then. You take into account that the, uh, they drafted DJ Moore. I said, okay, well, now Christian McCaffrey, regression back to the norm. We're going to see the real Christian McCaffrey. I don't think he puts up the numbers he did in his rookie year. Man, was I wrong. Uh, yeah, I just – I buy too much into statistics. I buy too much into what they're doing average per carry. And I said, well, if that's not obtainable – like Calvin Ridley. I just said it earlier. I don't think he right, catches 10, 10 touchdowns. touchdowns. On 60 catches. I don't I don't think it happens. I don't think he has as many electric play. I don't think he has a four-touchdown game. Um, but he probably is going to get more receptions. I think he's a larger focal point of the offense. But I don't think he does his per-game stats, his per-reception stats, his per-target average on yardage was insane as well. I mean, I, I think that that comes back to – or Tyler Lockett. Look at Tyler Lockett's numbers. Crazy. And you Crazy. don't think he'll do it again? I don't think he'll do it again. Um, and so I shoot myself in the foot a lot with that, I, uh, but oftentimes I am right. Uh, it's just not repeatable what Tyler Lockett did last year. All right, Baker, what's your number one pick this year? Le'Veon Bell. Damn it. I was hoping you'd say Christian McCaffrey so I could feel good about myself, but no. never mind. I'm telling you right now, Le'Veon Bell will Crystal, be Crystal, take that out. <laughs> the, the number one running back in fantasy. 
You heard so it. So let's go. So but you, you draft him at number one. No, I meant, yeah. Oh, all right. But I have the number one pick. I'm drafting Le'Veon Bell. This is Bell. a Steelers mm-hmm. fan, ladies and gentlemen. I think he might be a little <laughs> He's biased. On the Jets. The Steelers, He's on the Jets. Steelers fans hate Le'Veon Bell, though, right now. Yeah. I, think. I think they hate AB oh, and Le'Veon Bell. No, you don't. I'm not a Steelers fan. I'm a I know, Ravens but I'm fan. saying if you're a Steelers fan. I hate them either way. <laughs> if you're a Steelers fan, you don't hate Le'Veon Bell. Actually, you're I'm, upset I'm with Le'Veon Bell. Brown left. But you're still a Le'Veon Bell fan. The only reason why is a year off of football, so he's healthy. He's itching back to get back on the field. He's got a better O-line this year and more weapons around him. Better O-line. Timeout. They were drafted. They brought back a future Hall of Famer to, out of retirement to be their starting center. Khalil. And then so they Jason added... Wynn's going to kill it. And then they added Jameson Crowder in the passing to keep the defenses true. You can't load the box on him. He's going to see a seven-man front. But better O-line than the Steelers. That is... That's almost blasphemous. He's going to be Sam Donald's best friend. Checkdown machine. I agree with that. Big Ben didn't need the checkdown machine because he had A.B., Juju Smith, Lev Bell, Vance McDonald, um, Jesse James. It's going to be an exciting year for Lev Bell. How many pro bowlers on the offensive line did the Steelers have last year? Three. Three. And you're going to say that the Jets have a better offensive line than the Steelers? I'd say better. But you said also, he's on a better offensive yeah. line. You said he's better. on a good offensive line. Sorry, but their division's also weaker than the Steelers uh, in the yes. defensive categories. Yeah, I think that he'll so be able to run play. all over the Dolphins. That's okay. where it plays difference. Okay. That actually makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, there. he doesn't have to play <laughs> yeah. the Ravens twice. He doesn't have to play the Browns twice. Or the Bengals. He gets to play the, the Dolphins and the Bills twice. That's mm-hmm. nice. Good for him. And, and Patriots are old. Mm-hmm. I still. By a Bill Belichick defense, he knows I, how to take out your best player. He's I, done it repeatedly. And who else do you take out on the Jets' offense if you're Bill Belichick? I mean, I can't doubt the Patriots anymore because I doubted them last year. I said they make playoffs because they're in a shitty division, but they lose their like second game and then they win it all. I'm like, okay, yeah. I, I just can't doubt him anymore. Patriots are not going to the playoffs this year, ladies and gentlemen. They're See, when Baker says it, though, because Baker has called out some crazy shit that I thought was... They're not we going say to the playoffs. Packers aren't making playoffs. I was like, dude, you're crazy. And then they did not make playoffs. Yeah, I think I, I think I owe you an apology for that one. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I was like... You said the Packers the don't make the playoffs. And I, I believe that I was verbally abusive, if not just borderline <laughs> verbally abusive. Um, I think I questioned your manhood a little bit. <laughs> So, on air in front of all of our friends, I I am sorry, Baker. You were right. But I do think that if Aaron Rodgers was healthy, they'd make the playoffs. And I still stick stick with that. But he wasn't, and Baker was right at the end of the day. So, it was like, what the hell? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) come on. The Packers make the playoffs this year. I do believe they will make the playoffs this year. The Vikings don't. A wild card. I think the Bears won that division. You think the Bears win? I think the Bears get the wild card. The Packers win that division. Let the record stand. Trubisky does well. I think the defense does well. well, That's the best defense in the National Football League. Best defense in the National. And we will see Week One because that's opening day. Yeah, yeah. Bears and Packers. Packers, yeah. God, if you're the Raiders and you just (laughs) gave him up, you just sold Mac for some nickels. Mm Mm-hmm. You and then you and then you realize that what you did wrong, and the so Raiders you you spend two year, draft so. picks, your first two first your fir- two first round draft picks this year on defense 
Because you're like, man, we, up. we just gave up a generational talent. Let's draft a defensive end and hope he pans out. Which, by the way, if you watch that episode of Hard Knocks, he's annoying. Who is? He is so annoying. Clement. I forget his name. I don't know. Oh. Jonathan Abram, I think, oh. is his name. Oh, my God, he's obnoxious. I hope he's a bust. <laughs> really, I do. All right, so what do we think of here? I don't I hope he's a bust. Go... I hope he makes enough money that his kids kids don't have to work. Go get your money, man. But, God, you're annoying. So, right, I want to do here, like, boom bust kind of. Who do you think's a bust, and who do you think's going to kill it this year? And then maybe just throw a little breakout. Who hasn't killed it and they're killing it now? My bus? I don't think he's a bus, but he will definitely not be as good, and I love this kid, is Saquon Barkley. If I have the number one pick, I if I had the first in my so first round, he probably you know. doesn't go higher than the six picks. So where does pick. he finish? Just a, among Just running outside backs. the top five. Outside the top, which would be a buzz because you're drafting him number yeah, one. Yeah, if you're drafting him number one overall, he has to. You're drafting him thinking he's the best player in fantasy. So the number six running back in fantasy would be a bust. Yes. Uh, boom. Someone who has a lot of upside this year. DJ. No. Probably gonna go. Probably receivers. I'm probably gonna go AB. A lot of people are drafting well, him super yeah. late. And they're gonna regret not taking him as a first round draft pick, because he's gonna get the volume. I think AB has a stellar year. Breakout. Probably if I was gonna do breakout, I'm gonna go with Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. Mm -hmm. I think Sam Darnold has a solid year. I'm probably drafting him in Dynasty this year. He's still out there. Um. For my bust, I'll start with bust. Um, oh, damn, I was just thinking about it, and I lost it. <laughs> Sorry, he said Sam Darnold, and it, it threw off my whole train of thought. Um, all right, I'll go Boom. Boom, I believe, is DJ Moore. I think that um, he's – I mean, he his ADP just dropped below Curtis Samuels today. I don't know if you saw that. Everyone is on – the Curtis Samuel hype train. I've been actually DJ Moore is the number one wide receiver in that offense. He was drafted in the first round for a reason, and he is it's he's of, Steve Smith Jr. It's because of Steve Smith. He was shit talking him, right? Is that DJ Moore? He was that, that, yeah, he was slapped the shit out you. <laughs> uh, DJ Moore is Steve Smith Jr. Um, I think their playing style is very similar. He's just not Taller, as angry, skinnier. not as angry <laughs> as Steve Smith. DJ Moore's pretty short. Um, now he's not five nine. But he's pretty short. Um, yeah, Chris is five six for. Hey, dude, the we're not talking about that. We're talking about fantasy football. Uh, <laughs> um, so I don't mean to talk about height. I'm sorry. Uh, no, DJ Moore is. Uh, he's just get the ball in his hands, which is what Carolina is going to do. I mean, that offense is going to be jet sweeps and motions, and and I mean it's going to be exciting to watch. Uh, but I think DJ Moore is. It's crazy that he's getting drafted just under Curtis Samuel right now. I'll take him. I'll take him right there all day. Uh, so I think he's in that sense. He's gonna. He's a bu uh, a boom um, bust. I feel like Nick Chubb is going too high, which sucks. Is I'm, I'm I was a big believer in Nick Chubb last year, 
I buy Nick Chubb as a good running back. I think he's a really good running back. Um, but I think he's going too high. Too high. And then my blow-up player for the year. Blow-up player for the year. What constitutes? Like somebody drafted really low that's going to go high. Someone that's going to outplay where they were drafted. I mean. It's just, I guess when I think of a breakout, it's just someone that you're going to hear about them. Okay, so breakout year. as you're in they weren't good prior. No, no. But they're going to yeah. be good this year. Okay. Um, breakout for this year. Uh, Zay Jones. We'll go Zay Jones. I think uh, Josh Allen's got a cannon, and somebody's got to catch passes there. Uh, it's J- Zay Jones' third year, which is usually the biggest jump for wide receivers. And maybe I'm biased because I own Zay Jones in our Dynasty League, and I've been holding on to him for three years. So no John Brown? <laughs> I don't buy John Brown. I don't buy uh, Robert Foster. Where is John Brown? I don't buy Cole it's Beasley. I think that Zay Jones. He's on the Bills. Yeah, I, so oh, I didn't know. the four Bills wide receivers right now are Zay Jones, uh, John Brown, Cole Beasley, and Robert Foster in that order. Um, I mean, John Brown's going to take the top off the defense, but I don't think he's the number one receiver in that. I think Zay Jones is going to catch a lot of balls. He's going he's gonna to get 120 targets. Now, whether or not they connect on those 120 targets is a whole different issue, whole separate issue. But the guy had a three-touchdown game. Oh, yeah. look up. Can we look up how many targets he had last year? Is that a thing we can do? Zay Jones targets last year. Um, Zay Jones had a three touchdown game and a two point conversion in that same game against the Miami Dolphins in Week 16, I believe, yeah, last year. Um, yeah, the Dolphins are horrible, and they won seven games, I believe. But I think they won seven games last year. I don't, don't quote me on that. Zay Jones, Z A Y Jones. Uh, targets last year. Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin I think, is going to do very well, but he's going. He's getting drafted very high. That's why I. So I was. We were talking about this before we started. Before we went on air, yeah. if you will. Um, I don't believe. I don't think that the term sleeper can be used anymore. People in fantasy are starting to listen to podcasts about fantasy in July, sometimes in June. Uh, so there's no one that you know about that no one in your league knows about. It's just yeah. their sleeper isn't a term anymore. It's who's going to outplay their ADP. Right. I yeah. Feel okay, that's, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in, in years past, I would say that Chris Godwin could be termed a sleeper. But right now, he's go. I think he's going in the fifth, maybe the sixth. I mean, he's going high. And I do think he'll do well. He's going right around where Kennedy Galladay is going. Um, here, I'll just Google it on my phone. Uh, you want to pick oh, up a topic while I Google this? I'd say another one is Ronald Jones. That's my biggest sleeper. Is that the running back for the Tampa Bay Bucks? Tampa Bay, yeah. I think he will have a uh, a very nice year. I think he takes the starting role. Okay, I pulled it up. Do you think it's a good enough year to draft? Type of good enough year? Oh, you can get a... you can get Ronald Jones in the eighth or ninth. No, I, I know you can. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is he going to be someone you want on your team? Oh yeah, he'll be a starting running back. Oh. Zay Jones last year had 102 targets. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah, 102 targets. What he catch? Uh, 56 catches. 56. So they didn't connect on a lot. Yeah. But Josh Allen's. A, he right. was a rookie. Right, right, He's got right, a cannon right. of an arm. Uh, they've actually they interviewed his wide receivers and said, 
uh, who throws harder, Josh Allen or the jug machine? And it was a unanimous Josh Allen. I mean, the guy bruises their hands. So he'll learn some touch. They'll connect on more. But I think 102 targets, that probably goes up. His catch rate probably goes up. And he caught seven touchdowns last year. He probably catches seven this year. I, I, I would assume that his touchdown percentage per catch goes down. But the fact that he's getting catching more balls, it goes up. Um, I think he's the clear-cut number one there. And he's going last round in fantasy right now. I mean, if you want to – later rounds, don't take a guy that's a proven guy that's going to – like Cole Beasley. Oh, I'm going to draft Cole Beasley with the 15th overall pick. He's a guy that I can start in PPR as my flex, plug in, it, plug him in on bye weeks. He's going to catch five. Round, like, no, it's <laughs> take a guy with high upside. Take a boomer bust guy with high upside later in rounds. Don't draft a guy that's just going to ride the pine and you're never going to play. Draft a guy like Josh Doxson. I'm going last round, probably going Jordan Reed or Mark Andrews just to give me a Raven in there, bro. <laughs> I think Mark Andrews is he's going to be good. I like Jordan Reed. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess it's, for me, a bust is hard. Let's see. Boom, I think. Um, I was probably, like you said, A.B., but I'll say D.J. I think he's going to really do – I don't know that the Cardinals will be a good team, but I think their players fantasy-wise are going to be good, and I think D.J. is going to kill it this year. I mean, he went from the top ten. Uh, I think he's going to be – That defense is really good. I think it's going to put them in some good positions yeah. to score. I think um, – so that's who I'm kind of looking at. As far as bust, it's – I mean – it's it's hard. I'm trying to think of who I would say. Honestly, I'm almost on the same as Baker. I don't want to say the same guy, but like Saquon. I just I don't think he's gonna be number one. I don't. I'm I'm more worried about just that leave Saquon for me than <laughs> than anything. Now, would I still draft him? <laughs> you know, that's a different thing. You know what I think? I don't know. But I yeah. I mean, if you if you have the fifth or sixth pick, you're drafting Saquon if he's there. <laughs> one through five. Yeah, I don't no, know if I'm taking him there. There's you're five not, better ready. No, like I said, if, if I'm if I'm number one, I'm going C Mac. That's what I'm going. If I'm number two, I'm going C Mac because he's still there. No, no. Give me your give me your if top I'm five. Number three, then C Mac's gone. My top five. Yeah, in um, order. Okay, this is gonna hurt because I just said DJ was my boom guy. Uh, <laughs> all right, so top five, I'm going C Mac. And let's assume Zeke is 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 um mm-hmm. is there. I mean, C Mac Zeke. I'm probably going Kamara, then I'm going Saquon, and then after the fifth, I mean, I'm I'm probably going Hopkins or over DJ. DJ over DJ. Okay, that's why I'm like I just said DJ is gonna kill it, and then I'm yeah, cause cause I'm really right well, now, now I know I'm really Hopkins big on zero running back the right now. So it's no, like, it's gonna go Love Bell, Kamara, C Mac. Zeke, Gurley. Gurley? Gurley. You're talking about, no, I'm, damn, Gurley? And then Saquon. I mean, the thing is, though, that everyone's so scared of Gurley, but you don't know that he's going to be hurt. But everyone's scared because they saw what happened. I think on draft day, like actual draft day, when you start drafting for your league, Gurley is going to go a lot higher than his ADP says. Yeah. Yeah. People are you're he was the best player in fantasy. No, I mean I'll be honest by a large margin the past if, few if, years. I, if I'm in the back end and Todd Gurley's there, I'm taking him. Yeah, I'm talking like the seventh pick. If Todd Gurley lands to you anywhere in the top, that's 
he could be the best running back. If you want to talk about one of the most no, overblown he, he, stories this offseason, I think it's Todd Gurley's injuries. I mean, I think you, no, you're right. It, yes, yeah, the injuries because you don't know he's gonna be hurt. He's got what he's got arthritis in his knee. Yeah, you don't know that it'll flare up. So you're taking him so late, and you're getting the number one running back uh, for the, the past, past what, two, two years. years. Here's a here's a yeah. trivia question for you guys: How many snaps in preseason did Todd Gurley have last year? Zero. 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 <laughs> yeah. Which is the exact same as this year. So we're not going to know, and I think because of that, people are going to be scared. But truthfully, I think the most overblown storyline of this offseason is Todd Curley's health. I do it's think not. he gets less carries. I think they spent draft capital on a, another guy who's electric Yeah. Uh, out of Memphis, right? But this is also a team that can blow a team out by 20 fast. Yeah, and, and he's still and not he's got a nose for anymore. the end zone. I think he's still yeah. their goal line guy. They can still make the Super Bowl yeah. and not play him. Yeah, <laughs> He was the best player in fantasy by a very large margin. If you give me 80% of what Todd Gurley was last year, he's the best player in fantasy. Oh yeah, but, right. And you're getting and and I think you're getting eighty percent of that. And it's not I, really an injury. It's I guess what would you call it? It's going to be management. He's yeah. got arthritis. I mean, yeah. I don't. I think he. They're going to limit his carries, but not to the extent where he should be dropping to the second round. Exactly. People are overreacting yeah, and they're scared. Yeah. Draft Todd Gurley. I've thought that. I'm honest. I I have the same mentality. I mean, Todd Gurley, you. He's the number one running back. It's he's, Todd Gurley. Yeah, he's, he's the number that's all one running back. The dude gets 17 touchdowns yeah. for you. It's Todd Gurley. That's my favorite. He is my favorite. <laughs> uh, whenever Todd Gurley gets stopped within the – or anyone no, on the Rams. Whenever the receivers Whenever anyone the on the Rams yard line, has yeah. a big play and gets stopped within the 10 – Without we fail, all know Todd Gurley's Christopher score. Baker turns into a six-year-old girl <laughs> in a candy shop that just grabbed her favorite candy, <laughs> hit him with it, Baker. And that's my favorite. Like, that's you my know, favorite. Let me know they're the gonna score. Here. I'm up by 30 points. Lewis has Todd Gurley left. I've got like two players left, two receivers left, and he goes, "Congratulations, you made it to the final." And Todd Gurley scores like I texted. 50. Yeah, the day bo- it was Todd Gurley was on a Monday night game. I texted Chris Sunday night because we were playing in the second round of our, our fantasy football playoffs, and it was the winner goes to the finals. And I was down 30. He had two players left. I can't remember who the two players were, and I had Todd Gurley. Uh, PPR, other than that, probably same scoring as far as running backs are concerned. Um, just PPR. I think you had a tight end and a wide receiver. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, might have been. Yeah. yeah but whatever. They so sucked. But <laughs> I was... I was down 30, running back versus two guys. And I said, well, even if Todd Gurley gives me 35 points, there's no way his two guys only give him five. And I sent him a congratulatory text. I said, Chris, congratulations. You're going to the finals. I'll see you next year. And Chris responded, nah, my dude, you still have Todd Gurley. I'm not celebrating yet. And uh, my guy's a prophet because Todd Gurley went off for 42 <laughs> points, I want to say. And his guys combined his guys combined for like seven. They combined for less than 12. Let's put it down. Yeah, and uh, I, I won our fantasy football league. I own, no, no, I own a Todd Gurley jersey. Thank you, don't, Todd Gurley. Don't be scared about the injury. He is fine. He, he is, is healthy. the best player in fantasy. It is. Saying that, though, I, I'm at six. I don't take him in the top six. You I take him in the top six. You do. You don't need to take him in the top six if you don't have six. But if you are the six and he's there, uh, that's he's my number you want, four. You want to grab him. Right. He is my okay. number four. Depending on the league, even if it's PPR, you know, 
they're going to utilize him just oh yeah the way. no like, he's that, gonna that offense scores 30 just, points if, a game if his, if his knee starts to hurt if and that's a big if yeah. i mean i'm sure the year before he played all games right i mean he played and he was getting drafted no he cost a lot of people third. a championship for a championship this year last year yeah well, because yeah, he sat out the championship game, but people that weren't smart enough to have a second option uh, yes. for kickoff time. I started Jamal Williams when Todd Gurley was ruled out, and you know what? Jamal Williams went off. <laughs> but Todd Gurley is a safe bet this year. He'll be fine. They're on a low. They're very, very aggressive offense and a very aggressive coach. He's he is. His prediction at 11 and 12 is ridiculous to me. That's a top five. I think pick. he's going in the second almost, yeah. to be honest. He's a top five. He's pick. going on that swing, on that 12 swing. So, whatever the swing guy wants. He's to my number four only because the top three to me have zero question marks Saquon, yeah. C Mac, Kamara. I didn't feel like this is a unanimous, he's going to kill it type of thing, I guess, together. Yeah, but you, none of you guys put him in your top five. Did I you? don't. Oh, Baker did. Oh, you, oh. you did not. Yeah, no. Yeah, he's Baker. my number four. He's in my top five. I go. Personally, I go Saquon, Kamara, C-Mac, Gurley, DJ. Only reason Melvin Gordon and Zeke are outside of the top five for me are because of the contra- contract situations. Um, that scares me more than Remember, he did not mention Le'Veon Bell. He did, I did not. Remember. Everyone remember that. Everyone remember this, right. is, this is uh, Kamara, C-Mac, 3.0 right here. This is me wrong three years in a row. Le'Veon Bell will be the number one running back in fantasy all right boys um let's do one more thing what's your favorite draft position and this year three most years i prefer to be most years i like to be at seven or eight um like i I like to draft best available i like to let people come to me i like to let other drafters make poor decisions (laughs) and waiting 24 picks before picking in sorry 23 picks before picking again sucks it's hard to predict the draft that way or at least i think i know people love the back-to-back that 12 the end of the first top of the second you get two studs but then every single time you're drafting you're waiting 23 picks you can't predict the draft that way um so i prefer to be in the middle of the draft i think it's easier for me to predict what's going to happen and really take advantage of you you scrubs uh (laughs) this year i really like the number three pick because i'll take any of those top three that i listed any of the top three and picking at number three (laughs) and (laughs) a b picking at number three takes the decision out of my hands i'll take whatever of those three is left available those three being kamara c-mac and saquon i'll take any of those three and then i have a pick ahead of you the two that picked prior to me in the second to make sure that my second guy is better than your second guy because i think those three it's a wash get one of those three you start them every week don't even think about it. They're studs. Right, right. Yeah. And and anyone and it's not just those three, only because Zeke is holding out, but those four mm, I think no. those three are far far mm. and away better than Zeke. Personally. Really? Oh, okay. Uh well I only play in PPR. If we're honestly, talking standard, Zeke then yeah, is, Zeke is, up there. He's probably but. my number two only because I'm so high on C Mac, but I think Ze- Zeke is better than all the rest of them. Zeke's a very good running back. But I guess this is T. Y. Hilton rule. I would rather watch Christian McCaffrey. Alvin Kamara and okay. Saquon Barkley than I would ra- than I would like to watch Zeke. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. I want one of those three. Give me one of those three, and at the three, at least my picks are I separated do. enough that I can predict the draft a little better. Yeah, me, I do agree with you this year though. That three, it takes the desi- this decision out of my hand, and I'm gonna end up with a guy with a guy that I love. So, yeah, 
Baker? Uh, I'm at the agree with Lou on this one. So, not going to lie, done about 25, 30 mock drafts already. Yeah, who hasn't? <laughs> and the best position is the top five. Drafting one through five is the best. Yeah. If you go home and you mock draft it, do anything past that to try to compliment, like compliment your running back game. After the first three rounds, there's no running backs. And if you're drafting at the end, you're getting either – your star wide receivers with maybe a Travis Kelsey or a Zach Ertz in the back, but then running backs go very slim after the first three rounds. You know, at least, like, like Chris Carson or even Tim McCollum. So they just talking about that him. is true. But I'm more, I want my workhorse. That's Baker gonna, likes running backs. I, I love running backs. Running backs is key to winning in my eyes. <laughs> and if you don't get those, if you don't get two, like a one-two punch. It is very, very bleak, like towards the end, because you are your starting running back will be a second tier guy, because yeah. most of the stars are going the first eight picks, and then you're hitting the second tier in the second round. Uh, a very another sleeper to throw out there who I think will have a very big year will be Aaron Jones for the Packers, and you can get him in the third, yeah, but early in the third. So if you don't, again, first five, that's our first five pick. You can snag him. Man, give me, give me Kamara and Aaron Jones as your top two running backs. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, yeah, first five for sure. You're getting a star back, and then you're getting another star back on the comeback. And a stud wide receiver. And a stud wide so, receiver in the second or third. I'm going to go the other way. I don't like mid-picks. I'm doing it this year. I may love it after this year. Who knows? But right now, I like the back half. I like that. 10 through 12 pick not the 12 i don't know why i don't like a back-to-back but i like the 10 pick is probably the sweet spot that i like you get two studs to be yes i like the two studs at the end and also it takes a lot of pressure off my first pick to be honest this goes with my fucking Le'Veon bell pick i picked got him second overall and i missed playoffs so it takes all that pressure off my guy that almost if you're if you're drafting in the first top five your number one pick almost has to give you at least 20 and above points. Can I, can I uh, interrupt ahead, for a no, second? Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, picking Le'Veon second overall wasn't All right, your you mistake. <laughs> it was leaving James Conner undrafted. He was on the waiver. That was your mistake. You, <laughs> so, you ended up getting him, though. I did. Like, yeah, 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 I traded you. Baker helped me out on that one. Baker's a very charitable guy. He's a, he's a good guy. He's a good, he's a good friend. So... Everyone needs a baker in their life. I think it was James <laughs> Conner for Jarvis Landry. No, no, it no. It was Josh Gordon. It was Josh Gordon. Oh, so very, very charitable yeah. guy. James Conner for Gordon. Yeah. But Josh Gordon's going to blow up this year, win the kill Harry, and they're going to kill it. Okay, never mind. Let's talk. This is fantasy football, not fantasies. So, <laughs> uh, I like that. Can I like, use that. <laughs> I like the, the end of the picks because it takes a lot of pressure off my first pick, and then I get two studs at the end. So... That's that's why I like the the ten spot. I like the ten spot because I don't like the pressure of back to back picks. Uh, that honest, is but. a very pansy response. It you is, didn't say it. Be- it you said I like the number ten pick because I feel like I have a great team at the ten. You said I like the ten pick because it takes <laughs> pressure off of yes. me. It is a pansy pick, but it's your first Ladies pick and needs gentlemen. to give you like at least twenty points a game. And if you don't do that, 
And then you, you wait until the 24th pick in the league. Chris, I if mean, you feel that way, just draft a quarterback. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm just – Pat Mahomes, <laughs> first of all. So, all right, you're my right. only argument on that is getting the 10th pick is nice because you will get two stars. But getting two stars there, you might be getting – you're going to get a top wide receiver and possibly a top running back. If Todd really does fall to that 10th, 11th, that's a steal. Right. And on the comeback, you're getting a Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. I feel like at that top 10 spot, or sorry, the 10, 11, 12 spot, you have to go zero running back. If you do. You have you to. think so? Yes. I think you go. I feel like James, well, you take well, a guy. that's the thing, right? You got your tier one guys, and then you got your tier two. Yeah. So, I mean, you may be able to you get. Dude, Mike like Evans said, is there the in the James second. You get the James the. Nick Chubb, the or Joe Mixon, Devontae yeah, But would you rather Tyreek Hill? You would you rather go. take Nick Chubb or Mike Evans? I I love Mike Evans. Right. So I'd rather would take you Mike rather Evans. take Mike Evans or who else is going in the, in that early second running back wise? Joe Mixon. Would you rather take Mike Evans or Joe Mixon? I personally I like Mike Evans. Right. So if you're drafting at that number ten spot those top six, seven running backs are gone, you're getting a stud wide receiver, right? Yeah. Whichever one falls to you. It's not going to be Hopkins. It's not going to be Julio. It's not going to be uh, Michael Devon, or Michael Devon, Thomas. Devon, it's probably Devontae Adams. Adams. Yeah. Yeah. You get Devontae Adams. No, I don't think he or, falls that low. Or you get Juju. Oh, well, one of it them depends has on to if fall. You, it, well, it one of on them has league. to fall. Do you guys want the running yeah. backs, right? Okay. You, one of them has to fall. So you get one of those stud receivers. You turn around, you get Mike Evans. And then in the third, Tyreek Hill staring at you. You draft Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's gone. Now you're now you're zero yeah, running back. Tyreek's going to second. He goes in the middle of the second. Not even. He's he's not one even. of the okay. So not he's one Hill. of the back to back picks. Alshon Jeffrey. Adam Thielen, bro. Adam Thielen. Stephon Diggs. Diggs. Adam Thielen, yeah. I mean, there. That's if you're at that 10, 11, 12 pick, just go zero running back. Especially if you've never done it, it's a fun way to play. Just try it. This is true. And then you know. load up on load up on those middle tier running backs because you're gonna hit on a couple. Last year I did zero running back. I drafted Tariq Cohen, yeah. Austin Eckler, Kenyon Drake, and I ran away with the league. Oh, I want you to actually say that. Say what you what you said. Um, he got stud receivers. He went zero running back, and you said you drafted. Tell me, tell him what you told me. You know, I I, you I, were right I don't because think you won. I don't know if we've explained zero running back yet. People were probably hearing zero running back and then hearing that we drafted running backs. So that's mm-hmm. not zero. Zero running back is when you don't take a running back in your first four rounds. That is the zero. You can argue that maybe the fourth round getting a running back is still zero running back strategy. But I call it you don't get a running back in your first four. That is zero running back. Now, I load up on stud receivers that I know I'm going to start week in, week out. Then I don't even really need a fifth receiver on my roster. Sure, you draft a fourth so you can still play one in your flex in case none of your running backs hit. You play one in your flex for those guys by weeks. But you load up on running backs in the middle and late rounds, running backs with high upside. If it's PPR, it's even better. Running backs that are going to catch passes. So you get some point production out of those guys. But you get stud receivers. And receiver is a less volatile position than running back. You see right. running back, guys are injury prone. Guys can be replaced. That's just the nature of the NFL. Receivers don't get replaced. A stud there, receiver is a stud receiver is a stud receiver. Get yourself a- three studs. Load up on running. How many times have you seen a top ten finish from a running back that was undrafted or drafted in the in tenth or later? Every year. How many times have you seen a wide receiver that was undrafted or drafted tenth or below finish in the top ten in wide receivers? Never. Right. There's always going to be a Peyton Hillis, an Arian Foster. There's always going to be a Marlon Mack. 
There's always going to be a Philip Lindsay. Always. Always, always, always. Draft the guys with the highest upside in those later picks. Hopefully you land that James Conner or that Damian Williams, right? But you know you have your receiver spot solidified. The biggest thing that Lewis, when I was drafting, um, because I like wide receivers a lot, especially because I I try I only like playing PPR. To be honest, I really love PPR. But um, Lewis is like draft six running backs. One of them is gonna blow. I mean, yeah, one of them's gonna be good, and you're still gonna get a, most likely a wide receiver or a running back two in those picks, and you're gonna find someone. You just check the waiver, but your wide receivers will beat every team and that's going to give you the way it's shaping up this year. It may give you like 50 points out of your whole roster in three positions. So, I mean, they say on average, you got to score what one twenty to win the game. I mean, in PBR. Yeah. In PBR. Yeah. So just my thing is, yeah, there's top tier receivers. But there's so many receivers. Yeah, How many no-name right. receivers or kind of heard that name receiver came out last year that you could have drafted so late? Which is why I'm telling everyone, if you draft, do some mock drafts. Do one at the 10 and 11, then do one at the 3 and 4. If I'm I was, not saying do zero running back every year yeah, or at this, any position I, you're in. I'm saying year. if it's later rounds, go zero running back. Sure, I think your team pans out. But, yeah, don't take Julio Jones with the third overall. Yes. Get the stud running back. Yes. Yeah. Like, I'm not supposed to be saying this, but I'm a little buzzed right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> My Ain't first no four rounds is definitely going to be all running backs. <laughs> I am going to hoard all running because this is the year of the running back. I'm going to hoard all running backs. He and says you, this every year, by the way. <laughs> and you can literally trade running backs for solid wide yes. receivers he's not wrong and also i don't usually bet against baker because he said shit that i think is crazy so, and he's like about let's to be fair it's about 80 percent of the time yes. he's right and that's a lot you, <laughs> can, like, you can get three star backs and then a, another starting running back and turn him into a star wide receiver i'm pretty sure last year i did a lamar miller and an era jones trade for a deandre hopkins straight up <laughs> one I already had uh, Saquon, Christian McCaffrey yeah. in the lineup. This goes back to the whole treating players like stocks. People need running backs. There are 32 starting running backs in the NFL, right? And then some teams will have multiple, sorry. So I, I'll say there's 40 guys you can start on a weekly basis at running back. Realistically, only the top 25 are going to actually produce for you. Um, you don't want to be stuck starting Jalen Richard. Exactly. But receiver... There is 60 guys that you could start on a weekly basis. 60 yes. guys, right? So if they're just based on the fact that there's less people, supply and demand. Running backs are always going to have a higher trade value than wide receivers. Period. Point blank. So, yeah, no, I, I running backs forever in fantasy have the highest value. Unless you're in a two-quarterback league, then I think quarterbacks by That's, far have the most value. Absolutely. Yeah. I traded... Uh, Randall Cobb and Eli Manning for Devontae Adams last year. Yes, that's called trade rape, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's if you. Uh, it was like term. it was week three. Randall Cobb wasn't hurt yet, and this guy was hurting at quarterback. Someone was blowing a whistle, but other people didn't hear. So <laughs> that's when you veto, ladies and gentlemen. No, uh, no he, listen, you can only start so many quarterbacks, and he he needed a second quarterback. 
if you don't start a quarterback, you're missing out on 20 points per game. That is the most important position in two quarterback leagues. If you're in a two quarterback league, do not wait on quarterbacks. If you're in a 12 team, 10 team league, and there's only one quarterback you start, don't draft the fucking quarterback. It, that's why I say it, it depends on what your league is. But yeah, yeah supply yeah. and demand is huge. Running no, backs are I don't, very important. Tight ends are not. There's so many. It's almost like the same argument, to be honest, though. The same argument we make for quarterbacks is almost the same argument you can make for receivers. There's so many good quarterbacks, and there's so many good yes, wide receivers. Last well, year's uh, statistics showed that. Yeah. <laughs> the number two quarterback was only a point to point and a half from mm-hmm. the number 20th quarterback. You can, you can draft quarterbacks and tight ends late as shit and just stock up on your wideouts and your running backs. That's and in a pinch, key. you can start a guy off the waiver like Ty- Tyrell Williams or Geronimo Allison or Josh Docks. I mean, in a pinch, you could and find a wide receiver some. to start. But you, if you don't have a running back and your running back goes down and you're hurting on a bye week, you're not going to find a guy off the waiver to start in a pinch. You're going to end up starting uh, – who's the, who's the guy that gets – Devontae Booker. You're going to end up starting Devontae Booker of the Broncos, hoping he catches four catches – or four balls – for 15 yards and gets you five points right you're not going to find a guy that you can start off the waiver in your running back spot you're going to find a guy that in a pinch you can start at wide receiver that's just the law of numbers all right boys well any final thoughts on this guy before we wrap it up here uh i'm nobody you're nobody, you're nobody. this yeah. is the Willetta effect oh, nobody's <laughs> is that how it goes crystal crystal can you chime in on that uh, let's bring crystal back in here if you guys want any fantasy you advice from like baker and lewis uh they're not on social media so you're fucked but you can text me if you know me an email uh yeah no actually um do not fucking email me <laughs> yeah. hit uh, up crystal or chris <laughs> uh all jokes aside it, you're obviously a podcast listener if you're listening to this the cbs podcast it's pretty good. The ESPN podcast, don't waste your time. That's my advice. He's not wrong. I, I listen I, I heard him say it and then I've listened to both. Yeah, it's it, don't fuck around with that shit. Just listen to like ESPN sucks. But the, their the fantasy football podcast sucks. Bullshit. But so. CBS <laughs> CBS is a good one. The fantasy footballers podcast is obviously it's the most listened to podcast in the world, Arizona, I think. Right but there, I, I prefer yeah. the CBS one. Yeah. So, all right, you guys. Well, thank you for listening. All right, you guys. That's a wrap for the Willetta Effect. Just remember, you're nobody. Thanks again to Chris. Chris, sorry, I don't want to say Christopher Baker. Yeah. Chris like Baker. <laughs> <laughs> thank you to Chris Baker, Lou Martinez, and of course your host Christopher Martinez. Thank you guys for listening. Tune in for the next episode. I don't know. Maybe football might become a thing since it is coming in a season. Anyways, you're nobody. We're nobody. Thank you. And if you lose your league because of us, remember, we're nobody. (laughs) So you fucked up.